For another episode of Due South by Southeast, my name's Detective Squee, and with me, as always, is Mountie Michelle and Deep and Baker. Dottie <laughs> Baker. Baker. Oh, Dottie... I renamed her. Renamed her. Deep yeah, and Deep and Baker's just popped by. <laughs> What's that, Deep? You say you've got to go up on a mission. <laughs> I did say I was going to blame sleepiness on everything tonight, didn't I? I'm sorry, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> Oh, Deepen Baker just had to go off, so Dottie Baker's standing in for him. Yeah, yeah, we could have, we could have Dottie. She, she'd do just as well. Okay, look, you're messing with Dottie now. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So this is the show where we give Jews South its Jews. Yeah. 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 So, Michelle, we've got a few orders of business, though, before we get to this week's episode. Okay. Uh, you must remember this. Not you must remember that that's the name of the episode. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm not suggesting yeah, there's yeah. something you have to remember. I wouldn't trust Good, you with that. I was slightly worried then. Well, uh, let's kick off with what rum are we drinking, Michelle? Do, do, do. Havana Club. Is it actually Havana Club 7? There just happens to be a 7 underneath it. Yeah, it's... Co- Havana Club. Then it's not all written in English, so I'm not entirely well, sure. Well, it looks like the kind of thing where you've got um, number... Seven blend of uh, of Czech Daniels. Yeah, uh, reading the back, it says Havana Club Seven is a marriage of rums. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Each aged for a minimum of seven years. Wow. If you want to post the bottle, I will get the photo for the uh, podcast for this week. Okay, so if you go to our Instagram, there'll be a photo of Michelle with a rum this week. Apologise for the tiredness there. You know, I might be looking, I was going to say slightly rough, but yeah, very rough. I mean, rough than usual. Yeah, normally I'm rough, but rough, rough this week. That's what Dottie says, rough, rough. Rough, rough. That's just what she said to me when she came in. Oh, rough, rough. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm tired. Come on. Dottie's like, that's a dog stereotype. I'm not happy with that. Oh, she's a diva. What can you do? Hashtag diva baker. (laughs) Do you know, I haven't read the back of this bottle until now. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. Well, I'm glad you're reading it while we're <laughs> yeah. recording. Yeah, so it's eight for seven And years. in your head. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I was just about to read it out loud. In our continuous ageing system, every time we make it, a proportion is re-aged and added to a future batch of Havana Club 7. Mm. The result is a multi-layered rum that can be enjoyed neat or with your own twist. Well, we haven't tried it neat. We've, we've had our own twists, but it's actually really nice. Well, that's your little rum recommendation for the week. Mm. So you're having it with some uh, Pepsi Max. Yeah. And I've got my uh, uh, pineapple yes, yeah, pineapple juice, juice with it. So I've got a bit more uh, Cuban with my kind of mix, because they like their fruit juices right, with yeah. it, which I've started doing now. And this is a Cuban rum, so you know, mm. you're doing it right. I'm Recent it right. convert from Coke as I am. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't converted. Yet, I said but... Coke. 
Yeah, yeah, I haven't converted. Anyway, move on. <laughs> well, what we can do is like once you, know, you, should, you should come over from the coke side. Do you know, I like it though. Well, yeah, but this is so much nicer. Okay, so next time I'll go between the two and then I'll make my decision. Well, it's like you can get the uh, three cartons mm. of juice for whatever kind of deals. All right, next time. Yeah. And this is more turning into a rum connoisseur <laughs> podcast than anything right now. There'll be cocktails next week, won't it? <laughs> well, that sounds rum quite nice, cocktail. actually. Yeah, we should definitely do a rum cocktail week. We're already talking about going to a um, uh, a rum and reggae um, night yes. in uh, Bourm- Bournemouth, is Bournemouth. it, or Paul? Bournemouth. I think it was Bournemouth. Sounds about right. Yeah, Bournemouth, I think. Anyway, we're invited to that, so we're, we're going to head towards that. Yeah. Uh, but that's another story. Michelle... Yeah. Uh, next order of business. I mean, let's go for Mini Mountie Club. Mm-hmm. A. a. Mini Thank you, Johnny Wright Trash. So, Michelle, I'm just going to let you go with all the plethora, the many Mounties I know you'll want to inject this week. Um. Yeah, I don't have anyone. Michelle. I've let you down. I've let myself down. I've let others Worst of all, you've let Dottie Baker down. Oh. She, she does have a disappointed look on her face right now. I mean, usually when she's talking to you, but that's another story. Anyway, I have got one mini Mountie this week. Awesome. Now, now, we've agreed in the past, mm-hmm. the rule is, that if someone contacts us on social media, that's them... Basically asking to be a mini Mountie. Yeah. I mean, well, that's them begging. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's quite unsightly, to be honest with you, of them. So, um, does it count if I contact them and they replied? Yeah. In that case, I've got quite a prestigious one. Ooh. I will tell the story in a second, but we're going to welcome to the mini Mountie Club, Paul Haggis, <gasps> the creator of Juice South. Mic drop, except for I won't because it's recording right now. <laughs> and it's, you know, decent mic, so I don't want to break in shit. Wow, yes. Well, um, do you want to know how this came to pass? Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, we're going to do a section in a minute, which is going to be a very rare section, but it's going to be Canadian news. Because yes. we've got a few bits. But uh, Paul Haggis was writing on uh, on uh, Instagram, it was. Michelle, where can people find us on Instagram? Oh, I don't bloody know. You do? Because we, we did this last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, but... I, I still, I've, I've never been on Instagram and I've forgotten. Guess. Um, do self by selfies um, dot Instagram dot com. A bit more? I don't know. No, it's completely wrong. Do <laughs> uh, self BSE. We're going to find us on Twitter? Uh, at do self BSE. Yes. Uh, what's what's our damn fine network, which is generous enough to host our podcast? WonkySpanner.com. I know that one. It's WonkySpanner Network, but yes, that's fine. Yeah, WonkySpanner.com, you can find them at. Yeah. TheWonkySpanner.com, I think it is. Anyway, yeah, you can find us and find our episodes. Uh, oh, Michelle, um, Facebook, what do you think you're going to do there? Just go in the search bar and type in Do South by Southeast. Surely that would find us. And what would they find, though? Find our page group, group, page group. 
<sighs> I mean, it's just uh, just everyone again. This is what I have to deal with. I just I just hope you realise what I go through for you good listeners. Anyway, so um, I was on Instagram. That's where we started it. <laughs> and the uh, wonderful Paul Gross. I'm just trying to find the the gram now. Uh, the wonderful Paul Paul Gross. Did I say Paul Haggis? Yeah, what I meant. Paul Haggis. For a minute there, I thought we were going to induct um, induct him as well. Oh, I wish. Paul Haggis. One day, one day we will. Oh, we will, of course. Uh, Paul Haggis, if I can find... Jeez, where's it gone? He messaged uh, a thing about... He's doing this special conference thing. Like, so it's uh, people write aspiring writers and... Um, uh, uh, directors and people who want kind of advice on that kind of thing. Oh, here we go. Intensive scene work and masterclass on directing actors. Mm-hmm. Says Paul Haggis, this summer raising money for St. Daniel's Children Hospital in Haiti. Can oh. spend three days in Berlin. So he's doing a special thing. And I can't seem to find the reply, but... Uh, Basically, I wrote to him going, it's like, uh, you, know, you might want to uh, talk to a G South podcast about that, you know, about what you're doing and could do a great advert for you. He's going, oh, and he replied and he said, fortunately, I won't be doing any press to my next film next year. I said, well, when you're doing that, do you fancy uh, talking about your G South podcast? I said, 20 years on and everyone's still a huge fan of your great work. So, um, so Yeah. I think it. Oh, sorry. Ooh. I'm accidentally setting off Johnny White trash. Oh, don't with some, set him off. I'll never stop him. Well, you don't want to set him off accidentally, <laughs> certainly. Oh, I think it might be in private messages. How do you get private messages up on here, Michelle? Are you know. asking me? Are you seriously asking me? Oh, I'm not seriously asking you. I'm asking <laughs> you, though. You'd be better off asking Dottie Baker over there. Because there's something. I think because I ended up replying to one of his Instagrams, which I think goes into private messages. But I can't remember how to get into private messages. Yeah, no idea. I do I, apparently. Anyway, so yeah, that, that's what he said anyway. So yeah, so we haven't got Paul Haggis at this point, but he replied to us. So he is this week's Mini Mountie. He's absolutely in our Mini Mountie club, and yeah, hopefully we'll get an interview with him then at some point. I mean, I, oh, I don't know. Probably would go, so uh, no thank you. <laughs> like, I've made my new film. I want to promote my film for to more than like three people. Now, I mean, we we've got more followers than and listeners than that, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it would be fantastic to have him on just because he's such an awesome guy. Mm. But you never know; he might say yes if he's just doing tons of promotion. Why not this one little extra interview? It could happen. It could. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. <laughs> oh yeah, there, there we go. I found it. Not doing any interviews until my next film comes out. Oh, next film. Probably at the end of the year. Sorry. I'll send next year in my diary to give it a go then, sir. Still lots of people loving Due South 20 years on. Thank you for it. So I got to thank the creator who has seen it, it says. I got to thank the creator of Due South for Due South, which is it's, it's just a cool thing to do. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. You got a reply from him. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, basically by the reply, he was accepting the king's sovereign and he decided to become a mini mountain. <laughs> yep. That's why we're reading it. Yep. <laughs> so, Michelle, we haven't got jingle, but what's the Canadian news? You you kick off I with some Canadian news, which I believe you have. I do. I mean, this is um, 
kind of slightly personal to me as well as the entire population of Canada. <laughs> yeah, I don't eat meats and I don't eat dairy anymore. So that pretty much makes me a vegan. Like Which kind of, kind of, I've gone towards, I've still got minimal dairy and minimal meat in my diet at the moment. Mm. But I'm kind of shying away from these. I'm on a bit of a health kick. I'm trying to lose some weight. And yeah. Yeah, and quite recently I was quite um, quite pleased to see a headline. It's actually in vegnews.com. <laughs> I saw this news. Um, that Canada is to invest $150 million in plant-based food. So they're, you know, they veganism is really, really growing at the moment. I think growing, growing, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> plants, you know. Yeah, yeah. I hope everyone got that joke. And plants. <laughs> I mean, it, plant-based food, I should say, it's it's becoming a massive thing at the moment. We just had veganery a couple of months ago, which was massive. What, we had what? We had veganery, January, veganery. Which was huge. Obviously, you didn't hear about this. It it was actually quite a big thing. Oh, Veganuary. Oh. Yeah, which was followed by... This is why I don't want to become you guys. This was... <laughs> don't call me one of those guys. But And it was a big failure, but for February, guess what that was? <laughs> big failure. Right, so, because obviously the um, meat and dairy industry were losing a lot of money in January because of Veganuary... The yeah. dairy industry jumped on February and made it February month. See, that is a better pun. I will hand it to the dairy people. Which was, it ended up being a complete flop on social media because the vegans just completely took over social media with, with it. And anyway, I won't go too far into that. But I was just really pleased to see that a, a country is really, really kind of getting behind, you know, plant-based eating. And because it's, it, you know, it's not just the people that are eating less some um, dairy and meat that are going to benefit from this. Obviously, the animals are going to. And also the environment well yeah because uh noted noted canadian file who uh we're big fans of kevin smith mm. it's a big big uh, fan of canada uh he's just gone on to plant base uh because he had his heart steak yeah he got his uh widow maker flushed out and a yes. stint put in and he because he, i was postulating with you if you remember when i was chatting to you last this was uh, not on this episode, on an episode of G South, but uh, by Southeast. But I did say that um, it'd be interesting to see if, because I know he knows Pendulette a very little bit. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if we reached out to him because he does a plant based diet. I and, hope so. uh, but he did. He, oh, well, he has. Because yeah. on this latest uh, Hollywood Babylon, he said that, which is one of his podcasts, he said they reached out to Pendulette and he was put in touch with not only him, but also um, through Adam Rifkin, which is a director, which they both know. But he was also put in touch with uh, Ray Kronaus, who is the guy behind the uh, plant-based dart, which is really big at the moment. He's done a lot of research into uh, like just eating one thing for a few weeks. like So you just eat potatoes or just eat brown rice. Just basically neutralize your palate and then you reintroduce foods and you introduce new foods. Um, so, yeah, so it, it is kind of all the rage at the moment. And it's one of the few ones of these what can be fad diets mm. where it sort of doesn't seem to be. It seems to be more 
like they've done the research into this as opposed to the fat the, kin- the there, fatkins diet. And there is once you actually start looking into it, there is a massive amount of research to back it up as well. It isn't yeah. just one of these ridiculous fad diets like eat cauliflower soup. Well, like fatkins. I mean <laughs> fatkins was based on Atkins. It was based on uh, eat as much fat as you can and you'll be fine. Until people yeah. started having heart attacks and yeah. the guy himself dropped dead. Yeah, and I think this is um, the problem a lot of, you know, another f- kind of fad that's going on is like the paleo diet. And I kind of, in a way, see where they're coming from, but they're consuming so much saturated fat in their diet and you are getting bodybuilders that are just dropping dead. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying this is, this is happening in massive amounts, but occasionally it just comes up in the news that someone in their 30s or 40s has just dropped dead of a heart attack. They're on a paleo diet, they're working out, and they physically, to look at them, they look healthy, but what's going on inside their bodies is just not good. You know, and it's quite worrying, and there is so much science to back it up. So, I mean, if, if anyone was interested in looking into it, it, it is all out there. And, and it's been out there for decades and decades and i think there's so much kind of like from the dairy and the meat industry they they're so influential that they managed to kind of cover it up and they even do their own research that kind of shows them in good favor and they this gets out into the media because they've got the money to back it up yeah these are big industries and they can get their you know their research in inverted commas out there for the public to see and that's why sometimes you'll see in in the newspapers that eating butter is now good for you yeah 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 Yeah, that that was actually in the news i think maybe about a year or two ago eating butter is now good for you it's full of saturated fat well it's like i'm uh now going for the uh basically it's a modified version of the crown house kind of uh plant-based diet Mm. so basically i'm doing the mostly veg minimal salts minimum salts minimal fats minimal sugars and trying to get sugars from natural sources but i have at the moment you know i was saying to you i'm gonna use up stuff i've got in the house so i'm putting Mm -hmm. a small amount of meat it's like the amount which I'm using now is less than even when I started. I, I used a pack of mints in an absolutely huge uh, veggie stew, basically, I did. But I did have spicy, so it was really nice and tasty. Mm. Uh, but that had mints in it to begin with. The second batch had a bit of bacon in, and that's what the next load's going to have, because it's bacon, basically, I've got to use up. So I'm not quite sticking to the diet strictly at the moment, but once that stuff's used up, I won't buy more of that. But I'm kind of trying not to say that I'm like going vegan because, yeah, if I'm out and I want to treat myself or if I'm, you know, someone's house and that's what they're cooking, yeah, I want to be low fuss for it, if nothing else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing kind of a modified version of it. Mm. It's going really well. I can already kind of feel the difference. I There's some cookies which uh, 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 Nick, I put around uh, my, my friend and yours from the podcast. Yes. Mini Mountie Numbers something or other. Oh, yeah, let me find everyone here. And well, you'll find that she brought some cookies round, and uh, when she brought the cookies round, I like had one, and okay, yeah, I had a few of them, but every time I was having one, then stopping, like the, I'd got to the level basically when there was an open bag of cookies, I was just wolfing them down one after the other. It was just it was an addictive like. Rom, 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 rom. Mm. Well, she's got to be on the list. Right here. How is she not on here? She is. Oh yes, yes, she is. 
It's because I put her on, she's at number 25, and I put her on as Tell Him Steve, Dave Ants, then Nicola. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Jem, uh, uh, who's also on the list around mm-hmm. that, 26, 27? Yes, yeah, she's 26. Uh, she's asked to come on the podcast to talk to you south, so she might be coming by for a uh, glass of rum and an episode awesome. of you south. Sounds good. Uh, also in Canadian news, yeah. the Bare Naked Ladies next month, uh, one of my favourite bands, is going to be touring the UK. Ooh. So in April, I'm going to see, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull off just uh, money-wise and stuff, because uh, I've just realised they're coming. But um, I might go and try and go and see them in Salisbury. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some ten- tangential Canadian news. Just had the uh, Paralympics. Yeah. I was just watching some curling, disabled curling earlier, uh, disabled curling, wheelchair curling uh, earlier. And uh, the games have actually finished now. Uh, I believe Canada did fairly well as they kind of want to do in the Winter Olympics. Mm. But, uh, oh my God, it's, it's curling, you know I love curling already. Yes. The disabled curling or the para curling one of the correct terms. I apologise if I need if I use any incorrect terminology. It's not through wanting to. So I apologise to anyone listening who's um, uh, who's disabled who might be offended by anything I say. So the uh, para athletes uh, are absolutely amazing. The the para curling is amazing. It's it's kind of like the things that they change make it just as difficult as the things they keep the same. So there's no sweeping, no. which is kind of a bit weird to watch. I know, because that was one of the things I was wondering about when they started the Paralympics. Like, hmm. One of the things I really wanted to watch was the was the curling. So have you seen some of it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of it. And I was like, well, how? I was wondering how they were going to go up doing the sweeping. They just don't do it. Yeah, but it means they've got to line up exactly correctly. Yeah. The curl is just what it is once you've let it go. Mm. So even though there's an art form to the sweeping and that kind of gains balance, but it can, you know, it's it's, it's something that you've got to have an extra skill to do. Uh, these guys have got to let it go and just know that their shot's true from the let go of the stone. Mm. Fascinating stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I recorded the whole thing basically and I'm just watching the curling back. I must admit, I'm not watching a lot of the other things. The... Uh, Para um, hockey, I didn't get into as much. I've got to admit, I haven't actually watched any of that. Not that isn't no. very highly skillful. Not that isn't highly interesting. But I found it a bit harder to follow because they're in basically. Um, it looks like they're in small kind of toboggans. Basically, they're, they're these little cradles they sit in. Right. You've got some of them who are amputees, some of them who've got legs there, and. Uh, I find it a little bit hard to follow where the puck is through that. And they've got basically these little um, skis. They're almost a cross between skis and hockey sticks, which they steer their little toboggan with, and then they hit the puck with it. So it's really interesting, but it just... I know something about it just didn't click as much with me uh, as the uh, hockey from the other games and the curling in both games. Um, But also, I found out Michelle, there is not only ice hockey all over the UK, there's loads of ice hockey teams. There's also a curling rink in Tunbridge Wells. Is there? That's not ridiculously far to go. Might have to do a field trip at some point. That's what I'm saying. If we can get to a rink, because all the other ones are up in uh, Scotland. Yeah. Because it was really funny. The, um, 
the Scottish, the sorry, the British curling team are basically the Scottish curling team, all Scots. Mm. Uh, and uh, it was really funny because when they commentate on it as well, there's certain questions you're used to not asking disabled people, like, "Hey, how'd that happen with your legs? You know, <laughs> or, that, or is that from birth, or did that happen recently? You know, obviously you don't ask these things. Mm. But in the um, in the games, they go, it's like. Uh, and uh, boom, multiple, multiple sclerosis, or uh, was in a car accident three years ago, and uh, was an athlete. You know, now is a para athlete, athlete, and they they give all this in, and it's like it always feels uncomfortable to begin with because you're used to not asking about how how someone got disabled, yeah. and you know, obviously that is no very nice question to ask, but obviously here it's very relevant. It can be relevant to like uh, they were born with disability, so they've been training for this all their life, or they were training for. Olympics and then they got into this or some of them came disabled and wanted to be more active and got into these sports who weren't in them at all before mm. and they, the Olympic the blind skiing oh my that's, goodness that's oh, something yeah. I have seen I well we watched some of that together amazed, the first night yeah yeah now I've continued to watch some of that and it just absolutely amazes me I mean I'm not very good with heights or speed me neither so, <laughs> as an able-bodied person this this would be horrendous for me anyway but it's just been incredible watching these blind skiers going so fast down these slopes. It's, oh, so much respect for them. So much. Yeah. And what an amazing job they, they've done as well. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, I, um, it's the first time I've watched any of the skiing events, which usually bore me, and this mm. one just totally got... Again, I'm not saying all these sports, obviously, are highly skilled. It's just things that interests me somehow more and somehow skiing just doesn't really but this i was kind of especially when they've got one leg and they're skiing and they're skiing at such speed and so the moves they do Mm. just the the level of balance you'd have to have is impossible and i know we you know some people might say about oh well they must be used to balancing better but oh jesus christ the speeds they're going at balancing the human body like that just seems so unnatural but it's amazing Mm. I know, absolutely mean. Sometimes I struggle just to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> without wobbling, <laughs> falling, tripping. I'm a clumsy person. Michelle, no. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> well, uh, finally, uh, unless you've got anything else, uh, Michelle, in the final Canadian news, Callum Keith Rennie, who Michelle you will know as... You might have to uh, enlighten me there. Series three of G South. Enlighten me there. The third and final, well, as it was cut in the UK, the third and final series of G South, as in was shown in America, the third and fourth series. What was different in that series? I don't know. We haven't got to it yet, have we? But you watched it before. Yeah, I watched it before, and it was so many years ago. Well, what happened near the end of G South? What I changed? What oh, what ma- the the um, Ray actor. Well, not the Ray actor, me, but yeah, the different detective. Stanley Ray Kowalski, yeah, yeah. who was the second Ray Vecchio, effectively. Yeah. yeah, him, yeah. Well, that's correct, Michelle. Well done. <laughs> Do I get a medal for that? <laughs> medal, medal. He, this week, uh, has been uh, popping up in the new series of Jessica Jones on Netflix. Blank look on my face there. Oh, I haven't seen that. On Netflix... There are series which are with superhero characters from Marvel. Now, there's four shows. Uh, there's Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, um, 
uh, Luke Cage and Daredevil, which come together to become the Defenders. But they each have their individual shows. Okay. I believe the first one was Daredevil. The second show they did was Jessica Jones. They've just released the second series of Jessica Jones. Right. And it features Callum as... um, as an you know, a bad guy, okay. he's, he was well, this experimental doctor in it, who experimented on uh, Jessica and well, I, I don't want to kind of give it away because there's yeah, spoilers. Well, not for you, but the other listeners. <laughs> anyway, he's topped up with this experimental doctor. So yeah, nice to see, see him popping up on our screens again. Mm, yeah, great. I'm sure I'll see it. <sighs> Sorry. Again, guys, you see what I've got to deal with. So we discussed the rum. We've discussed uh, the Canadian news new feature. Yeah. Johnny, if you want to come up with a theme tune or or <laughs> a mixture of Johnny and Matt Lee's, yeah, because you know you haven't done anything for us in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Michelle, onto this week's episode, yes, which was there was an episode. Um, what was it called? Goodness, I forgot what it's called now. It wasn't called um, goodness. No, it was it was like a question. It's, do you know what? This is because this week I did not write it down. Normally I write it down and I it, haven't. It's from a song from uh, Casablanca. Yeah, that's not going to help me. Dun, 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 dun. It's still not helping. I haven't seen Casablanca, so it's you not must remember this. The kiss is still a kiss. Something yeah. like that. No, but you must remember this. That's oh, what was the kiss Yes, that is the next lyric from the song, though. Yeah. Well done, Michelle. That's from the song as time goes by, but you must remember this. Yeah. Originally shown on the 14th of July, 1995. Michelle, plop, plop, the plop synopsis. <laughs> the plop. <pop. laughs> the poop synopsis. The plot synopsis goes like thus. Ray falls in love with a woman who saves his life and then disappears. He and Fraser attempt to track her down leading Ray to struggle with what he finds out about her. I think I just saw a child walking past. A child? What would a child be doing in this house? It's your house, so they live here, I think. No, I might not keep them out yet. Anyway, I think they were walking upstairs. Okay. So it's slightly distracting. This kind of glass panes <laughs> on the front room window, or door, to Michelle's front room. And it's kind of distracting when you just get something out of the corner of your eye going past. Yeah, especially when they should be in bed asleep. Anyway, so that's what this one's about. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, fun little episode. Uh, some some kind of nice uh, development for... Oh, it was a topless uh, Blake. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, why not? Not distracting at all. It's freezing cold. Why is he topless? I don't oh. know. It's your son. I'm just unclean. Um, so yeah, fun little episode, which uh, gives a lot more for Ray to do in this one. Yeah, this was an interesting episode, yeah. I think. But um, I don't know if you wanted to kind of kick this off with the first recording that you did. Well, yeah, as we know, we like the... Uh, it's now becoming... Again, it's one of these ways in which the show evolved and set up these running themes. So the idea of having Ray and Benny... It's almost every episode mm. that they start off just having a conversation about anything and something else is happening and then uh, adventure finds them and this is such an episode Seeing hockey, Frazier, okay, this is basketball, good American game. 
well, perhaps it has become Americanized radio, like many things Americans lay claim to, it originated elsewhere. Get out of here. That's a fact. Basketball was invented by a Canadian. Look, just because some fisherman once slammed up the halibut into a net. Actually, he was a minister who used a soccer ball and he nailed peach baskets to either end of the gym. This is very sad feature. Of course, Reverend Naismith did eventually emigrate to the United States. As a matter of fact, he was working at a YMCA in Springfield, Massachusetts, of all places, when he stopped the car. What? Someone's parked in the fire zone. So? Well, for one thing, it's dangerous. For another, it's disrespectful of the law. Frazier, parking illegally in this town is a sport. All right, I'll catch you. Hey, hey! You're going to drive my insurance rates to the roof. Okay, uh, I think that's kind of uh, sets the scene for... Mm. Michelle, are you by any chance wanting to pour some more rum? What made you think that? Let me just finish my glass. Rum in hand. <laughs> okay, tell them both up then while you're at it, while I uh, vamp for a bit. So it's a nice setup because after that they go to chase down the car which is parked illegally in the fire zone. And uh, phrase up. Almost as a little bit of threatening that, you know, what if it was me and you were parked there, I'd uh, run the hose right through the windows of your car. Yes, he was, yeah. And this I like is that side of it. Well, this is one of the first <laughs> scenes which indicates that there's this very clever thing of neither Ray nor Benny completely go outside their character to the point where it's unbelievable that that character's doing it. But there's some role reversal in this one. This is the first time where he's acting more uh, Ray-like. Yeah, I mean, the way he said it, it was quite an aggressive thing to say. But, like you say, it wasn't too far away from his cap. If there was a fire and they needed that water, damn yes. right he would do that to save that person. But the way he kind of explains it to that person, it did sound quite threatening. Which is, um, you know, that's not like him. That is definitely, definitely more of a Ray thing. But And, uh, yeah, you've got... The, I mean, again, this is set up, though, for the episode. Mm-hmm. Classic due south. Uh, they do that, and then the guy pulls a gun on them. Mm. And then it's just after that, this uh, woman appears on the scene, who is the engine for the whole episode. Yeah. So the idea is basically through the uh, the following scene. Oh, yeah, and by the way, the, um, the sound of like, uh, okay, I'll catch up with you. That was uh, Fraser opening up the car door as if he's just about to jump out and do one of his rolls and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go off. Um, oh, I love that bit. <laughs> so yeah, but the, but then this this woman comes on the scene who's uh, with you know appears with the uh, the other guy, Ooh, and yeah, and she locks eyes with Ray. They have a moment. They have a moment. She yeah. decides not to shoot him. Yeah, which is always nice. It's always nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Well, no, she saves his life to Yeah, yeah I, that's it. Put him out so the, the guns way. later. So the guy's yeah, off, and I think she pulls him out the way. Yeah, then they have this little moment together, and that is very significant for the rest of the episode. Yeah, and she disappears off, and then uh, Fraser basically figures out that she's in league with this other guy, uh, but Ray is so believing in her innocence. Again, that's the opposite of what it is usually. Yeah. Usually it's Fraser who's going, it's like, uh, I believe there's something more to this. I believe that uh, this person's innocent and wants to prove why they're innocent. Yeah. This time it's all 
all right doing it's that. All right, he wants to come up with excuses. At one point, he's saying, "Oh, but maybe she got in trouble as a kid, and this guy's kind of taking her under her wing, and now she owes him." And he's trying to come up for reasons for why she would be kind of in cohorts with with this this bad guy. Yeah, this this. I mean, the entire episode. It's so unusual for Ray to be like this. But it was really nice to see this other side of him as well. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. So what's the uh, next scene we're going to talk about? Well, one thing I picked up on straight away once they were in the car having a chat at the beginning is the darkness and the dark clothes. Because, of, of one I mean, Ray Becker. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this theory that, you know, I think maybe you've picked up well, on. Well, this goes my theory. It's yeah. the idea that... When you've got Ray doing some something more serious or less kind of silly and large, so it's not always completely serious. So there's some fun to be had, basically at his expense throughout this episode of him being love struck. Mm. But when he's doing more of that as opposed to the usual Ray, the usual larger than life kind of uh, Chicago wise guy who thinks he's connected <laughs> to everything but isn't really. He wears the big loud shirt to to convey that gregarious side of his personality. In this one, where he's meant to be in love, and there's there's so more happening. He wears darker clothes, mm. and uh, okay, uh, Benny is wearing only kind of like red, he wears a lot of reds, basically Canadian he colors. Canadian. It's red with a, just a dash of white, and quite a lot of this. But if you'll notice, he wears more casual clothes than this. Mm. He's not in his mounty no, outfit. Okay, he has his hat on at points, but yeah. but he's in jeans, a top, and a red jacket. So he's taking on a certain different role as well, and he's dressed differently. Mm. I wonder if that's a coincidence. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, no, possibly. But like we're saying, with like the switching roles in this episode. Yeah, and um, I think it, was it me that picked up on the fact that this the lady here is from Star Trek. Yeah, I think that was me that... From, from, oh, which Star Trek? And uh, who did she play, Michelle, seeing as you picked up on that? Oh, yeah, that... Um, yeah, you know, that very famous episode. Um, I don't know. It, what it, do you mean, Booby Trap from Star Trek The Next Generation? <laughs> yeah! And then a later yeah. episode, which she appeared again as uh, Dr. Leah Brahms. Yeah, well, it was you. You picked up on that. <laughs> she, of course, plays Dr. Leah Brahms, who is uh, the one of the people who worked in the Star Trek... the. NCC 1701D, the Enterprise D, You're from so such a next generation. Oh so you just looking that up? She works. No, no, I know that. She worked in the uh, Planitia shipyards where they uh, put together the Enterprise. Geordie needing help against this alien life form which lives in space, which is trying to basically mate with the Starship, Starship Enterprise. This isn't a lie. What? <laughs> it's basically, it thinks the Enterprise is like a mate for it. So uh, he looks up, or no, mother. He thinks it's mother because uh, the Enterprise accidentally kills off the original being, then finds out there's a child, which then tries to basically feed off the Enterprise, thinking it's its mother. Geordie's at loss, but he calls up the person who came up with the schematics for the Enterprise, Dr. Leah Brahms. So this hologram version of her on the holodeck helps guide him through like stuff to do to the ship to try and get rid of it. And then later on in another episode, uh, after he switched the hologram off, the real Leah Brahms comes on board 
and Jordy is uh, uh, mystified to find out it's it's very different and it isn't as kind of because uh, he basically's got a bit of a crush in the hologram version of her, and when he meets a real version, he just can't live up. Uh, it's hard to, to live up to your hologram self. Oh, yeah. It, well, yeah. Uh, and then she also played other characters in Deep Space Nine for a couple of episodes. Okay, that's, that's good. So we're talking about yeah. Susan Gibney. And we'll t- talk more about her on the Susan Gibney podcast, which we're going to start up next <laughs> yeah, week. It sounds like you could with, with your knowledge of her. Well, I know about her appearances on Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, she was also in a Columbo, I found out when I was doing my research. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. big Columbo fan here. Yeah, oh, I know. But somebody else that we um, kind of referred to was Elaine. We get a bit of Elaine action in this episode yeah. as well. Which well, she doesn't get any action. Jeez, Michelle. Uh, no, she did, but she would like to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the episode when um, she's having a chat with Benny and I think he's talking about how he likes to read at night or something. And I actually wrote down a quote from her, is that what you do at night? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. She wants no She's got other plans for him that. at night, hasn't she? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just nice to see her popping up, getting a bit bit to do in the episodes. Yeah. I'm just waiting for her to kind of her go to really take off. She hasn't blossomed yet, has she? And there's still episodes where she does. She oh. pops up for quite a bit. But uh, I, I thought earlier on she appeared in quite a lot. But I think it might just be in the later series she really gets a lot to do. I think so. I mean, she's it's such a nice character. And, and she, she just keeps reoccurring. And you just want a little bit more out of her, don't you? I think at the moment. It's just interesting because the two baddies of the week this week don't appear as much in the episode oh. as most episodes. Yeah. So what you get quite a lot in this episode is the core cast uh, and maybe the supporting players from the every week cast mm. getting a bit more to do. So who and Dewey are in it a lot more. Elaine's in it a bit more. Mm. We've got uh, Walsh has a few scenes as opposed yeah. to the one Walsh yeah. scene. Uh, including a lovely one where he gets to play off Deepen Baker. Yes, I did like that scene. Oh, it was great. It's uh, so he's standing there with a sandwich. He's like, sister, if I give him some, let's say to Bray, to, to Benny, to Benny yeah. if I give him some of the sandwich, will that uh, get him to go away? Definitely not, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic bit of defecting. Yeah. And def, I think showing that he's either, I think you said it's like uh, he's either on weed <laughs> or I postulated either that or he's part Labrador <laughs> it's only they well every time we well not every time but almost every time we see Dee from Baker in this episode it's related to food and him eating and you know this comes up a little bit later as well something I wrote down so yeah so we'll get to that a bit later but <laughs> yeah it's like this isn't something that's come up with Deep and Baker so far. So far, all we've seen is like pretty much the professional side of Deep and yes. Baker, and this is like the proper. Well, I know he's a wolf, but more of the dog side of him that's come up. Well, he does take the whole of Penny's uh, uh, bed. Yes. Which seems yeah, okay. about right again <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Dotty like. with the Labrador. <laughs> They'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> Steal the covers. Well, I wouldn't know about that. All right, don't make it sound weird. <laughs> so what else we got? Yeah, so I think I wrote down Scooby Snacks. Because <laughs> that just, yeah. That, that's what oh, I think, yeah, the, yeah, it's because, whole, yeah. With the whole Walsh thing. <laughs> and with uh, Deep and Baker on the, on the gear. Yeah. Um, and then we, we go to a bit of a stakeout. Because it starts, I mean, the Walsh scene, as, as well as like Deep and Baker trying to take the food off of him, 
you know, this is Ray trying to convince Walsh to let them go on a stakeout. And he's like, oh, I'm still like paying for the last stakeout you went on. And they kind of goes through <laughs> all the expenses. Yes. The last stakeout at a hotel. There's the hot tubs. <laughs> there's this, there's that. He's got an excuse for everything. Everything has come up. Yeah. He's got an excuse for. And then it's like the mini bar. And I can't remember how many, well, I don't know. Oh, I'll get like $400 or something on the minibar. Oh, it was the peanuts. You know, oh, you have one, they've got you. you know? <laughs> yes. That was a nice touch. It was a really nice scene, actually, with, um, yeah, with Ray and Walsh. And that leads nicely into the stakeout yeah. montage. Yes. So you get a lot of montage of little scenes. There's big, jolly music playing as well to mm. go with it. Which I love because like most of those, uh, if you had a montage these days, it would be very gritty, mm. very serious music. They'd be setting up microphones and wiretaps and stuff. And actually, uh, uh, David Marciano, who played uh, Ray Vecchio, later on went to be uh, be in Homeland with Claire Danes. So he got to be the more serious detective, like not detective, but he was like uh, one of the persons who would go on missions with her and he'd be the tech guy. Mm. So he got to play the more serious version of this later. But that's kind of what I expect to see. Even in a drama comedy, would be a bit more earnest, I think. Yeah. But this was kind that's of not just how they took it at all. Yeah, you've got uh, Gardino is watching cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is Dewey? Is it Huey? Do you know, I, I still don't know I which one's which. <laughs> Huey and Louie. <laughs> Huey and Louie, Huey and Dewey, whatever we call them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one of them's like watching cartoons. And you've got like... They're showing people that are like holding their ear like they've got wires and things, and but you're not getting this serious vibe from it. And then when it like actually cuts to them doing the stakeout, they're all sitting around playing poker. Yeah, <laughs> there's no like proper stakeout going on. I know that they're watching this on place opposite them, but maybe not intently enough. I'm thinking. Yeah, because they uh, have the nice poker game. It's a nice scene which uh, didn't. Re- I was I did record it, but it just re- didn't really. I think. It would be a very long scene to play in, whereas we can summarise it a bit better by saying that I think that it's um, it's about the four guys and their attitudes towards love and what they all think mm-hmm. and what's happened in the past. And uh, Benny doesn't really enter into the conversation too no, much. The other guys talk about how they feel about uh, Ray's decision to go after this girl and what they think love's like. It's a very good scene, but it's very long. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't already, which I hope you do before listening to this, watch the episode and and you'll you'll see the joke which is there. But uh, there was a scene with a clip after that, Michelle, and uh, I, I love yes. this because there's a couple times here that they allude to the events. To become the events in uh, Victoria's Secret, which is a two-parter mm. coming up. You've said you don't remember it. No, I don't. And by the way, this episode represents the halfway point of the first series. Ooh. So we've got as many episodes left mm. as we've watched. Um, but the Victoria's Secret two-parter is amazing. It's got uh, two parts, but then it leads into two technically standalone episodes, which everything which happens in those two happens because of what happens in Victoria's Secret. So it's kind of a really lovely four-part story arc. Mm. But I have to say, though, before we get on to the series stuff, there was one thing I wanted to point out from the poker game. Because they're playing for matchsticks. Okay. They're not playing for money, they're playing for matchsticks. And um, one of the detectives, Hugh Louis, he says, oh, you know, why... Oh, I do know. 
yeah, he says, why can't we just play for money? He's like, we're cops. What are we going to do? Arrest each other? And Arrest Ray, ourselves. Yeah. And Ray, is, and Ray just goes, yeah, no. But he would points to Benny. And Benny's like, well, I would feel on a bound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, just, I absolutely love that little bit. Yeah. Yeah, nice. but then it did get a bit deeper after this. So. Well, this is yeah. uh, basically the story which we're about to play in that Benny tells is effectively the story that kicks off the events of Victoria's Secret. So he's talking about this woman who he saved, who was a criminal, and he then uh, spent the night trying to keep her awake and alive mm. with them huddled up for body warmth. And he's obviously fallen in love with her. And they spin out the whole Victoria's Secret two-parter from this. This basically is one scene where she he describes it. Get it to play. Second parallel into a place called Fortitude Pass. Oh. In the end, I tracked her up above the 67. We were, uh. I don't know what we were. tractor up above the 62nd parallel into a place called Fortitude Pass. A storm had been blowing for days. The whole world was white. By the time I found her, I'd lost everything. My packs, my supplies, everything. And she was huddled in the lee side of a mountain crag. She was almost frozen, very near death. So I stayed to lean to and drape my coat across and drew her inside and I covered her body with mine and I just held her while the storm closed around us like a blanket until all I could hear was the sound of her heartbeat weakening. I forced her to speak to me. Just talk to me. Say anything to keep the cold from taking her. for a day and a night and a day I was delirious I almost gave up the only thing I had to hold on to was the sound of her voice which never wavered she recited a poem you know the funny thing must have heard that poem a thousand times that night. But I never heard the words. It ended badly. She had a inside her and the most beautiful voice okay so a bit longer cut than usual but I just think it's wonderful that kind of story tells again it leads to a whole other episode there's a point near the end of the episode where he gets out a photo of her mm. from that night 
it's only funny if you've seen Victoria's Secret and you see how different, like they've used the hair in the face to cover up what the actress looks like, but she's got different hair, different skin complexion. It's quite funny. Yeah, and I think that kind of shows that they're also thinking ahead to, um, you know, actually making an episode with this person in it. But instead yes. they want to kind of, kind of like cover up and I don't know why I'm doing that because no one on the podcast can see. I am covering my face with my own hair right now. It's a great improvement. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think they're thinking ahead a little bit. Obviously, they've gone for someone completely different to um, the picture they show, but but yeah, I think that's them kind of thinking ahead, thinking, okay, we're actually going to make an episode with her in. Yeah, and there are a lot of parallels when you watch that episode to what's happening in this one as well. I don't remember a lot about this one, but uh, seeing it now, I think there's some things which yeah, are paid off a little bit in... Uh, Victoria's Secret. Mm. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing that. It's been so yeah, long since I've seen these. You know, when amazing. you think back to how old these episodes are, I was so young when these were on. Well, it's like I was looking at the next week's episode, uh, Hawk and the Handsaw, mm. and I sort of remember Ray telling the story which that the Hawk and the Handsaw comes from. That's about it, though. It was quite funny, just following on for this. This is such a deep thing. And then I picked up on something quite funny when we get to the next the next bit of the episode. Um, so the, he's found this woman. She's kind of done a bit of a runner, so they're following her. Um, and then it was just so kind of funny. In now, in you know, in times as we are with our mobile phones, yes. here's this woman in the car and she picks up her mobile phone and it is massive. Yeah, she picks up with both hands <laughs> and small winches employed. It's absolutely massive. And just how much technology has moved on since this program is made. Um, so apparent with, with this next scene of, with the mobile phone, but also um, when they're back at the station and they're talking about um, tracking her and they're like, oh, it's so difficult to track a mobile device. Not yes. like, really? <laughs> you kind of forget nowadays. Like, it, yeah, back then, yeah, I guess it would have been. That was not, um, it wasn't big technology. It wasn't something that everybody had back then. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a different kind of policing back then. Yeah. I found that really interesting. Um, yeah, some other things we picked up on was, um, again, we were seeing some role reversals. Did actually write what that was about, but yeah, we were picking up on. <laughs> yeah, that, that's always helpful. My notes are good. Role reversal between Benny and between Ray. Between Benny, maybe? yeah, between um, um, Ray and Benny. I'm trying to think what I actually wrote that about now. Anyway, so we, we can always to, come back to it. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it must have come just after the bit with her on the phone. Yeah, I can't remember. We'll move on. You know, thinking works really well for a podcast record. Yeah, you you can do some thinking as well. No, if I do thinking oh. as well, then no one's talking to the audience. <laughs> okay, well, well, keeping with the whole um, technology side. Um, so, yeah, they've got difficulty tracking the mobile phones. I guess it's not something they normally do. Um, but when they, they, they kind of get all the technology they need to track down where she is with this mobile, and I think they're kind of out where in some farmland, and... 
they think they can track her down to where she is and, and, and they actually say, oh, there's not many people with mobile phones out in, in out with the, in yes. the farmland. <laughs> now you just think, oh, everyone's got a mobile phone. <laughs> yes. Back then it probably was really, really rare that people, especially farmers and that, had mobiles. Now everyone's got one. Um, but we've, we've got a clip next, actually, and I think the emphasis on this is the music. So it's clip three. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I just want to play this just because some music came up in this episode, which will be accompanied by Dotty uh, getting up when I was recording this and make a jingly jam three <laughs> noise with her collar. She likes to take part. <laughs> she does. Uh, but yeah, this episode, it's uh, or this uh, part does seem like uh, it's it's very different. They, they, this isn't yeah, even for due south. Even for due south, the music kind of struck us, didn't it? It's been different. yeah. I thought the lyrics were quite fitting, but the music wasn't. Well, it's nice enough. Yeah. Yeah, song, but it's just very different. Sounds very weird. Mm. Okay, here we go. If I can press. Also, the noise of Dottie tap dancing along to it, yeah. apparently. I mean, she loved it that much, she wanted to get up and dance along to it. I think that's what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Next note. Yeah. Um, so, we get to a point where Ray comes face to face with this woman again. And when they come face to face, they're pointing guns at each other. Yes. And then both of them lower their guns. They walk towards each other. They snug with they guns snuggle. held behind each other's back. <laughs> so romantic yes <laughs> and then she hits him she hits him on the back of the head or something and yeah yeah see what happened see did his gun help did it bollocks <laughs> well yeah yeah he got another kiss from her he gets a few kisses from her yes yes he meets up with the woman from the beginning oh his name escapes me the Star Trek lady as I'm going to call her. Yes, that's what she... she she's got a that's, name. that's her birth name. Is that birth name Star Trek lady? Susan Gibney. Mm. So, yeah, she knocks him down as she does a runner with the big baddie guy in the episode. And, obviously, Ray and Benny go get in the car. They're chasing after him because he's in, like, a big army truck thing. Yeah, she's like a driving. little tank. Yeah. Yeah, well, not like a big tank tank, but, you know, truck. I'm going to go with truck. So they're chasing after them, and I, did, I think, I don't know if I was writing something down, but I didn't quite see how Diefenbaker ended up in the back of their truck. Did you see how that happened? Uh, I think they do establish that he goes on there. Yeah, I think I, I think I missed how Diefenbaker got on there, because I hadn't noticed that. Um, but to avoid hitting uh, Ray and Benny's car, she kind of like, swerves to the side and rolls down an embankment <laughs> and, and I, I remember you going oh do you because we don't see him getting out no but I didn't even see him getting in 
So, yeah, so I was a bit surprised by that. But, um, yeah, so then we're worried for the woman. We're worried for Diefenbaker. But there's this lovely moment. So Benny goes running over, and all he's concerned about is making sure that Diefenbaker's okay. He yes. runs to the back of the truck, and he's, like, looking in there. And then he sees Diefenbaker's just sitting. <laughs> yes. He's just sitting on the ground looking absolutely fine. <laughs> Comedy framing of that is wonderful. And that was really nice. And then, um, <laughs> and then um, Benny just goes to Diefenbaker out of donuts then are we <laughs> or something like that no, it's not like a oh thank goodness you're okay yes <laughs> again it's a reference to food it's like oh out of donuts are <laughs> <Yes>. we <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love well because uh, Benny does look really worried and then when he realises he's okay he's okay it's like, it's like oh, out of donuts were we <laughs> you think <laughs> this whole episode is about Diefenbaker and donuts for Diefenbaker about, about food <laughs> Different donuts. This yeah. could be a uh, thing. But yeah, obviously, um, Ray goes um, looking for this lady and makes sure she's okay. And we see that the baddie's kind of a bit beaten up and kind of knocked unconscious and inside the truck still. He finds the woman and then he's like, oh, all right, he wants to let her go. And he tells her, just go, just run. And you can hear sirens coming. And she's just like, really? He's like, yeah, just get out of here, go, run. Yeah. And at this point, she tells him she's a federal agent. That's not before he's confessed loads of, you know, confessed to, um, what was he confessed to? He says something to her before she admits she's a federal agent, agent that he thinks he's going to lose his shield over. I kind of thought he said... Oh, yeah, no, yeah, because no, yeah, he's yeah. going to let her go. He's going to let her go, and then yeah. he, when he realises that... Oh, so that's what you're saying? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm tired, right? You're tired? I've had four hours sleep. Yeah, but... It's me. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'll just carry this podcast this week. Oh, that's yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, so he finds out that she's a federal agent, and then he's just like, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my badge over this because I just told her to go. I told her to run. You know, I've just let the baddie go here. So he's just absolutely convinced that that's it. His career is over now because of this woman. Oh, oh but this. Oh, this thing that he says to Benny. He says, I bet my soul on her. Yes. Oh, I think that got both of oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that line, it's just he, he delivers it perfectly as yeah. well. And it's, it's again, it's, it's usually something that Benny would deliver, not Ray. Yeah. Yeah, I think that got both of us. But and so then Ray gets called into Walsh's office. Oh, yeah, we got a little bit of a clip of that. Yeah. Lieutenant wants to see you back here. Congratulations. Yeah, yes, thank you, sir. 
So yeah, so she didn't report him in, no. and they there's a lovely scene afterwards where uh, he goes out after her, and oh well, she he first runs up to Benny going, oh uh, no, I've got to find her. You know, she didn't report me after all, and uh, Benny's already found out where she is. Mm. Yeah. In reference. Benny is back in uniform at that point. I noticed. Yes, he's back to his normal self. <laughs> his normal self, I think, at that point. Um, is he completely in uh, uniform? I thought he was just in the house. He was in like a green. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I think he was in his. See, I noticed these things with Benny. He was in like his green um, mountain uniform. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, my attention to detail of what he's wearing. <laughs> yeah, so he's like back to his mountain mode. And then Ray is back to his... Mounty mode! Eh? 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 So, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Ray goes after the girl. He finds her. And she's just about to leave. I, mean, he's... I don't know where she was going, though. We never established how far well, away she's... she's going. Yeah, but she's going back she's, to her she's job. She's going wherever it is she normally is. <laughs> Yes. Wherever uh, her home may be, that's where she's going. But another thing, there's this, uh, all the way through, we've had a, uh, a not knowing how much she's just doing what she's got to do. Mm. First of all, when we don't know that she's an agent, which is quite funny because I said to you, I looked before the podcast, because uh, well, well, when I first saw her, I looked and saw it said special agent, whatever. Mm. And uh, then when I was watching the episode I so got caught up I completely forgotten I, I'd read that but yeah so anyway but throughout when when she's when we think she's a criminal or when uh, we know she's a cop mm. it's kind of like does she really care about him does she not and then she tries to play it off here and then Ray just goes in and plants plants one on her yeah and it's you know, she clearly does like him yeah and uh, yeah I like that. it's very satisfying it's perhaps obvious that, that that's going to happen, but mm. it's nicely done. And then as he's walking down the road, uh, Ray's talking to Fraser and he's going on about um, that because now uh, she's gone away, they've got a chance that it might, a slim chance that it might happen. <laughs> it's, it's very kind of nice, very kind of confused, but, you know, it's purposefully confused. Yeah, but I like that he's kind of holding on to the fact that Maybe they've got a chance. Maybe not now, but maybe sometime in the future. Maybe they've got a chance together. And that was enough for him. Right then and there, that was enough for him. She gave him that glance back when she was driving yes. off. She looked out the window and looked back at him. And, and he knew, yeah, she was for real at that point. She did like him. She is for real. <laughs> uh, I like also the fact that when he's walking down the thing, it's just a very subtle little point, but... Last week's one that we talked about, the gift of the wheel man, mm. was set at Christmas. Yeah. And here you've got the Christmas lights still up. Yeah, yeah. So he's walking down the road, there's some bells, mm. I think it is, like bell lights along the way. Mm. Um, I don't know, for some reason that just works with the kind of episode it is. I'm guessing that when they filmed it, when they filmed the Christmas episode, it was about Christmas time. And when they filmed this, I'm guessing it's just after Christmas, even though it wasn't quite a bit till quite a bit later because mm. that used to be the thing like TV shows used to be filmed a lot more in advance yeah. and then they were just made so quick and efficiently mm. that uh, from when it's filmed to coming out is a month about mm. yeah yeah 
to everything more to say about this episode. Yeah, I think we're at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, we've got through this quite quickly, this one, actually. Uh, but, yeah, it's a nice little episode. So, uh, shall we go for our... Um, oh, because they feature quite heavily our guns out of ten for this one, <laughs> Michelle. Yeah, there was a lot of guns. Guns, I think I'm going to go seven out of ten for this one. I am going to go six. I mean, it's a really nice episode. There's nothing which makes it really set fire to me in the way some episodes which score higher higher do. And again, we'd remind you that this is on the scale of due south. Mm. So a six for due south okay. is an eight or ten in some other shows. Because they never get to the heights that due south usually gets to. So this is on a sliding scale with how good due south gets. Yeah. In other episodes. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I gave mine a seven this week just because I I really liked how we got to see different sides of everybody's character. That's true. From, like, Huey and Louie to Ray to Benny. So many different sides of people that we got it, to see. It is nice to have a character development episode. Yeah, and we got to see the Labrador in Diefenbaker this week. <laughs> Very much so. So we've got uh, a couple more orders of business, though. Mm-hmm. One, the Diefenbaker moment of the week. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's got to be when he's in the station house and he guilts Walsh into yes. giving him the food. <laughs> that was absolutely <laughs> going to be mine. I mean, there's lots of moments, though. For a start, we determined quite earlier on the episode, I suddenly realised that, yeah, Dief goes after the criminal first every time. Yeah. He's always quicker than yeah. the detective and the Mountie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was straight away in the episode... When the baddie pulls out the gun and then drives off, Deef is like, Poom, straight down that road chasing the baddie. And the wonderful comic timing of him seeming to fall down the ravine, but then yeah. he just sat watching the uh, thing. He sat watching dropped. Benny panic over him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Deef, Deef, Deef. Oh, you're there. Hi. <laughs> wonderful comic timing by a, a wolf. Uh, so there's lots to choose from, but that has to be it. But that was uh, but a very nicely heavy Stephen Baker moments mm. episode. It's not like he's in every frame of no. the episode, but he just he pops likes up. to make the most of when he's there. <laughs> he really does in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so we've got the most. Let's go American first. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to go for my most American is the Star Trek federal agent lady. Star Trek Federal Agent Lady. As I'm calling her now. Yes. She's my most American. Do you mean Susan Gibney, who plays Suzanne Chapin? 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 Chapin. I'm going to go for Chapin. It's Suzanne Chapin. She's my most American, uh, partly because she's American, and she was just getting on, doing her job, Kind of falling for Ray. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 she's yeah. only human. Yeah. She, you know, she's working. She's human. She's trying to do her job. She's doing a good job by the looks of it. You know, she's working with the baddie. Yeah. I'm going to give it to her for a different reason, though. Go on. She likes her guns. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one scene where she's just got a crap load of guns in the car. And uh, when her and Ray are snogging and they've each got a their gun behind the back of the other. Uh, and by the way, if anyone in America doesn't like that stereotype of Americans, uh, you know, get rid of so many guns. <laughs> not, not, not you personally, just as a country. Again, 
what we're saying about Canadian, American and Canadian pretty much stereotypes doesn't always reflect on individuals. It's as a country. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely a thing about guns in America right now. A little bit. Although um, I'm pleased to say I've heard that some shops won't be selling guns to people under 21 now. Well, don't even get me started on this. The whole idea, though, that there are there are Republicans who are going nuts over the fact that some companies are changing their stance on NRA NRA getting discounts and of uh, uh, stocking guns and and uh, ammo. They've made a business choice not to stock them, as Republicans have pretty much been saying for for decades. It's like, well, what, you know, they should have the right to do what they want and to sell what they want. So they've got the right not to sell it. No, suddenly when it goes there against them, then suddenly they're not not so keen. Anyway, we we're digressing. We <laughs> Michelle, the most Canadian. Now this is one. I don't know if you've got a strong one, but I don't know if I've got a strong one. But I was between two people. One I almost gave it to. Just because I was I was grasping. I've got to admit, I almost went Walsh. Because he gives the food to Stephen Baker. <laughs> And broadly speaking, it's pretty nice. <laughs> but that wasn't enough to go by, so I had to really think. I had to really dig deep. So now I think maybe I didn't dig deep enough. Ooh. And for me, it's Elaine. Oh, okay. She pops up. She's helpful. She gets guys where they need to be through her helpfulness, through the assist, very Gretzky-esque. Then she just uh, fades into the background of the episode. How much goddamn more Canadian can you get? <laughs> Hey. Hey. <laughs> I, I, I was going to go for Ray. He was very... Okay, look, have you used Ray for a Canadian before? Ooh. Because you certainly can't have him for Canadian, for American. I can't have him for American. And if you can't have him for Canadian, I think we agreed you can only have him once. I think you've oh, already had I, him. Have I done him already? I think you... Well, oh. you wish. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no! If I've, if, oh. I'll tell you what, you can have him this week, but that's definitely the last time. Okay, we no, definitely know you've used no him because I think we did agree because Johnny White Trash wanted to do it for the Christmas episode. Yeah, that he wants to do the reverse. Right no, yeah, he wants to do the reversing. So you had uh, Paul Gross is the most. I think he had him as the most Canadian and the most American. He he did some shenanigans. I was like, okay, it's Christmas. We'll let you do it. Mm. But everyone's allowed to do it once. I, th- I will it's say that's your one time. Yeah, it's possible I've done it. We'll say that's your one time doing it. But that's it then. Okay, definitely no more. But I just thought he was very loving. He was very caring. He was very sweet. He was very Canadian. <laughs> well, do you think he wins or Elaine? Or do we each go for our own? Oh, I'm going to get for my own. You, go, you can go for Elaine. Again, you're entitled to be wrong. So, Michelle, I think that's just about it for this episode. Is there any other order of business, anything else we do? Not that I can think of. I think we're we're there. Most American, most Canadian, most deep. We've given it eight guns out of ten. Well, uh, as the uh, run slowly dissipates, that's it from this week's Mm. due south by southeast. Uh, Mine has been... Detective Scree with me has been Mountie Michelle and of course Dottie Baker till next week Michelle where should they keep their compasses pointed oh go on due south by southeast oh go on <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I go on. I go on now. <laughs> I've got all Irish and foreign Ted. I go on. Now. It was St. Paddy's Day this weekend. It was. But, it um, was. See, that was quite fitting. Fun's out, runs out. <laughs> no, it's runs out, fun's out. Yeah, runs out, yeah. It's fun's out, runs out.